everybody, and welcome to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void. Kirk Dubay, your DM, I think is what we're going with here with the regular cast. We are bringing you episode three. And uh, Joe, did you do the recap last time? No, I think uh, Brian uh, did the I'm recap pretty last sure time. I did. All kind right, of. then, Joe, you're on the button, buddy. What happened okay. in episode two? All right, so after we fought, uh, we were taken up to we were taken out of that room um geneva was to take us on a tour she took us into an elevator which went up first i believe and we went to the ground level to find kind of like the decrepit old um old professor oak's lab in you know kind of like all broken down that's where the entrance to the hideout is kind of inconspicuous so she takes us down to another floor where it opens up and we're in like um this large cafeteria area with a bunch of different hot spots around there was the Bl- uh, black void market mm-hmm. there was the null and void saloon mm-hmm. um the inkwell which was the tattoo parlor yep. and then the gamble hall um, and we kind of went around to the various areas. We went to the gamble hall. Uh, Jimmy tried to gamble, but was immediately thrown out by Pierre Luc, who was the pit boss with his Machamp. Yep. And then we went over to the Nolan Void to get a beer. We shared a beer. I named my Aaron Bud after Bud Light. Um, and we sat down with Geneva and kind of went through our backstories and why we came to void and how we ended up kind of in this place and where we were right before that. Um, so we shared a little bit of backstories on our character, get a little bit more feel for the audience and for each other about what we're all about. Um, and we were told of our first mission, which was to, you might have to help me out on this, steal a prototype of some kind of, device that will track down electric type pokemon correct the it's called the electromagnetic radar yeah there we go uh and that was being held on cinnabar island so we were to um take the aqueduct uh the all the water between cinnabar and pallet town had dried up in this ecological kind of catastrophe and we were going to travel down there and pose as uh, I believe it was Walmart workers or s- of something of that type. So that was never said, but I'm glad you're. <laughs> I'm glad you're just knifing that in there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. So uh, Cinnabar Island, now known as Fort Cinnabar, which is kind of an abandoned uh, military compound, has now been bought out and is being used by um, Dunright Foods, which is just kind of like a, a, a like a food manufacturer of sorts. Uh, you guys would know him kind of like a hostess cake type manufacturer, like a very recognizable product to you all as to any common level would know what kind of they make, the type of items they make. Um, they make ding dongs. Correct. Uh, yeah. Snowballs, the, the whole kit. Um, so you, you guys are going to take uh, the aqueduct. You were told to meet in the morning and um, it's the, we'll say it's the morning. Uh, Gene- Geneva left you all dejectedly drunk and told you all your quarters were on G3. Nice. We also got some sick tattoos. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That's very yeah. important. The, yeah. the void also, specific yeah. tattoos. Joe only mentioned his Pokemon's name, which is, you know. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Rick? Uh, the, yeah, that's is right. Is it Rick or Ricky? Oh, it was Rick. Rick. It was Rick Gasly. Gasly. That's right. Morty and Rick Gasly. 
Uh, so yeah, June kind of gets up off her bed. She, uh, Aaron was kind of sleeping at the foot of the bed, sagging the entire thing. Um, so she kind of like rolls out of bed, you know, gets herself looking presentable and, uh, heads downstairs or I guess I, I can't remember. Where did we say we would meet? Was it out in front of the null and void or in the null and void? I can't That's remember. That's fine. Either one. We'll say it was in front of the null and void. That's fine. When June arrives, uh, Mortimer has clearly been sitting there for at least a couple of hours. He has like four or five cups sitting in front of him <laughs> of coffee because Mortimer's an early riser. He's old. He needs like four hours to sleep. Right, right. <laughs> well, he, he went to sleep. He went to sleep before everybody else. That's true. Jimmy that went is to, true. Jimmy went to sleep hard shortly after uh, June did. June, Jimmy shows up. Uh, Jimmy shows up. June is down there. Uh, Mortimer is tapping his foot, not the tattooed one, uh, freshly right. inked up, but the other foot. And um, Geneva strolls up. And she she rolls up. She looks a little little uh, little weary, you know, from the drinks hitting the night before. Uh, but she doesn't go out. She doesn't have to go out and do a mission or anything. So it's just you know, she's like, well, whatever. So she pulls up and she goes, "I'm assuming you guys are ready to go." And she she kind of leads you guys back out to the elevator that kind of opens up into that G2 level and um, brings you down to uh, G6. Um, she buzzes her watch and it brings you down to G6. But it's one of those floors like you don't remember her telling you you guys have access to that. And it kind of kicks open. And um, again, a subterranean level, it opens up. And there's um, just a bunch of like stables um, uh, and gr- uh, Team Void members running around caring for Pokemon and things of that nature. And when Geneva steps out, she just gets a wave from kind of one of the uh, one of the grunt hands that's down there working, and um, leads over to you three Dodrios, um, which I mentioned in the last episode. Three Dodrios. Which um, are, it's kind of like a, a bulbous core Pokemon. It's a bird Pokemon. Bulbous core, um, ostrich-like feet, and three heads. On each head is two black feathers, has a, like a very bright red tail, very sturdy Pokemon. And Geneva just looks at you. They, they're, they're, um, they have reins kind of around the two outer beaks of the two outer heads uh, that come to the middle. And she goes, uh, she turns to you all, you all will be riding these down the aqueduct towards Fort Cinnabar. As I mentioned before, there's no shipments that are leaving or entering the island today. So you guys shouldn't have any obstructions on the viaduct. You should be well and clear until you get to the physical gate to the island. From there, you'll have to finagle your way in, however that is, through force or through, uh, the, through, through force or finesse. Um, and after that, you should meet very little resistance in the food manufacturing plant. Find the electromagnetic radar and its uh, um, and its schematics, and take and take those and, and head head back. I have a question. Yes. Are we going to be when we walk up to the town, like first or the not, fort? Uh, not a fort. town. The whole the whole uh, complex is the food manufacturing plant. Right. The the fort uh, plant. We walk up. There's going to be guards who see us right when we walk up, right? There may or may not be. I mean, be. unless we sneak by them. There might not be guards. We we don't know what to expect simply because it's a food manufacturing plant. 
That's why we think it's going to be deceptively easy for you all to blend in and move along because it's a food manufacturing plant and we happen to get intel that they might be working on this prototype there as a cover. Do they wear uniforms at this plant? Um, they, they, some of the workers may. Um, I doubt what the workers have to wear within their, uh, I doubt what the workers have to wear while they're actually working on the food is what they would show up wearing. They probably just wear their street clothes in and maybe change or something like that. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, as his, part of his, uh, thingamajig uh charlatan background has a disguise kit and a set of fine clothes he's going to change not in front of everybody into a more business casual outfit actually he doesn't even change he just buttons up his shirt uh you know you can see here he's got his chest hair showing or whatever he buttons up his shirt tucks it in uh got a very business casual thing going on and out of his disguise kit he pulls a uh, little name tag that says, um, what would this be called? Like, um, what's like a food? To, to help, the, the, the place is called Dunright Foods, is what it's Pastry called. Pastry Like chef. a no, food but, uh, inspector, like a quality assurance inspector? Is that what you're yeah, thinking of? but not like a government food inspector. Uh, like, a, like the like ones a, that give the like ratings, the FDA? like the health, health. Yeah, like yeah. whatever the whatever the FDA for this. S- uh, since it's your idea, is. since it's your idea, and I've obviously not established that in this world, you get to name it. Go ahead. Uh, we'll just call it the Food Safety Compliance Agency, the FSCA. <laughs> Have a food safety <laughs> compliance agency, and I just pin it onto my shirt, and I say, "I'm ready to go." Geneva, how long is it going to take us to get to this uh, this uh, done right foods place? Um, the Dodrios are very fast. It shouldn't take you more than an hour to get there. Uh, and Mortimer just kind of looks over at Jimmy and just kind of like shakes his head like, what an idiot. We've got to ride for an hour before we get there. <laughs> June this whole time is there asking questions and trying to come up with a plan uh, has moved over to one of the Dodrio a little timidly at first, um, but she pulls out a little snack from her pocket of her jeans and kind of feeds it to the Dodrio. They're having a moment, um, and she hops on, and Aaron Aaron, uh, tries to hop on behind, but just is struggling to get up, so June just kind of shakes her head and returns him back to the Pokeball. Um, She pats the Dodrio on the side, and she's like, well, we're wasting time. Let's get up and get at him. Um, uh, Geneva, as she sees you hop up and kind of raring to go and, uh, sees Jimmy kind of fully decked out with the name tag, she kind of smirks and she goes, looks like you guys might be going with the finesse route. And she kind of waves back behind her and, um, there's this small kind of, uh, um, like door, like heavy door, uh, begins to, uh, peel apart and it's a tunnel that's clearly just going straight up. Uh, which will kind of be your exit, obviously, out of this uh, Pokemon uh, uh, housing facility or whatever. And Geneva says, remember, the electromagnetic magnetic radar and the prototype, you have to come back with it. And if you can't come back with it, at least destroy it so they can't use it. And she goes, lastly, when you're ready for extraction and you're ready for the Dodrios to ride you out, hit me up on your watch. I'll be waiting for your call. If 
I don't hear anything by whatever she's whatever the time is, 12 hours from now. So meet at 10, through this whole spiel, 11, get there at noon. If I don't hear anything by midnight, I'll, I'll assume the worst and we will we will send in our extraction, our extraction group. Um, but with that, she just kind of uh, points you to, to the way out. And it's going to be evident when you go out where the aqueduct is. She points you on your way out. She just gives you a good luck and um, like pops an Advil and, and slugs a little bit of water <laughs> and, and heads back towards the elevator. <laughs> uh, right before uh, June and her Dodrio take off, uh, June kind of lifts her sleeve up and points the watch at the bird. Dodrio. One of Doduo's two heads splits to form a unique species. It runs close to 40 miles an hour on flat land. 40 miles an hour. Hot damn, let's get after it. And she kicks the side of the Dodrio and takes off up the tunnel. And it kind of like squat. And it just kind of like careens off, kicks up dust, and is just pistoling up this path out of the out of the uh, Pokemon Keeper's area. All right, I've got two questions out of character or whatever. Yep. Uh, number one, every time we see a new Pokemon, do we need to say that we're adding it to our Pokedex or whatever? I'm going to say as long as... So, for your all's information, it's good to add it as a right. collective, right? But, but like, like since Joe did it, like we're going to assume all three of you did Right, it. so as long as somebody just does it whenever we see a new one, just ask... Okay. Correct. And, then, and also to mention, in battles, if you see a new Pokemon, it's not going to use up a turn. It's like a free action. Okay. Like, you just get to do that, get that information. And again, remember, the watch doesn't necessarily... Can't necessarily identify all Pokemon. Oh. All right. Uh, second thing is Rick gets the, I get the nurse path bonus right now, right? Because I'm level, or I'm level two and we just technically and you just had, had a long rest. rest. Yep. Okay. So you can right. add, the, you get the bonus HP okay. on uh, Rick right now. Okay. Yep. That's what I was, want to make sure. Tins. Oh yeah. We didn't, uh, I'm sorry. We didn't go over this too, but um, anytime you take a long rest, you get uh, a Pokemon to choose to bond with. It's part of the rules. Um, since we only have one, I assume we all bond with the three Pokemon we have. Mm -hmm. So that adds, uh, one inspiration point to the Pokemon. So, which means you can reroll. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's in the app. You get to reroll one of your rolls of any type. Um, and you get 10 temporary HP. So you can add that to your, I know you can add that to the character. I'm not sure. To myself? No, to, to your Pokemon. Pokemon. Ten to Pokemon. temporary HP to one Pokemon. You all each have yeah. one, so Timber would get ten uh, additional HP. Yeah, and one inspiration point. Um, so. Something I I wanted to mention last time, but I I didn't. Um, you each have one standard potion that also came in kind of your starter kits, nice. uh, which would have been the five hundred Po Yen, the two Void Pokeballs, and one standard potion. I forgot to say that. Um, honestly, because I kind of thought I was going to tell you all the mission and then give you all that stuff, but that's not how it <laughs> went down in the conversation. Um, and I forgot to mention that. So uh, please mark that down. Got it. All right. As as the door like closes behind uh, Geneva, Mortimer kind of turns on. Geneva! Ow. Ah, uh, she's she's gone. Um, and just walks over to what he you know picks out his Dodrio and kind of hops on. Jimmy also hops on and scampers off after June. The do- as as uh, Jimmy, you're the last one that hopped on. You're kind of the last one that crosses the threshold of that those big iron gates. They slide back shut behind you, and you guys are just kind of in a 
very long, well-built underground tunnel that's clearly uh, making its way up. And um, as you like crest out of this tunnel, um, it's very well hidden through like a thick uh, grouping of trees. Like there's an established path, but if you're like outside looking in, the trees are such set that you wouldn't be able to necessarily quickly identify that entrance. Um, but you guys kind of burst through the trees and as you do, um, the kind of like clay formed, uh, sun worn aqueduct kind of at the Southern part of pallet town, just kind of jettisons forward into what looks like and uh, kind of like in Las Vegas, when you look down the strip, like you can actually see for four miles, uh, but it kind of gets hazy at the end. Like that's kind of the look you guys get as you peer down this aqueduct. And are we over the ocean or is the ocean gone? So um, the, the like volcanic, like the erratic volcanic eruptions have caused all the water to recede, which is why there's no longer ships going back and forth. That's why this aqueduct was built. Got it. Which has been obviously kind of forsaken over time for other means, but for you all, that's what you're using to get there. Got it. Um, not not a lot of uh, exciting action really happening on uh, on the aqueduct, so I'll just kind of read you this little thing I have written here. As the group travels down the viaduct towards Dunright Foods Incorporated, the early morning has a chill bite as the wind whips across your face. The Dodrios keep a good pace, bringing you towards your objective. The land that sprawls out from the dull, gray, and clay-laden viaduct almost resembles a desert as the now barren seafloor has been scorched by the sun. Suddenly ahead of you, a massively plain building seems to pop into existence with high fencing surrounding it, and a massive chain-link gate meets the end of the viaduct, Fort Cinnabar. Uh, so you guys are kind of rolling up to the gate. I'll say, um, uh, actually, everybody give me a perception check. Nice. Oh, wow. That's one of my good ones. Six. <laughs> Natural 20. Uh, tw- na- unnatural 23. Mortimer, I'll speak to you here. You see the viaduct actually, um, while it looked straight, it was actually kind of peeling a little bit to the west. So Pallet Town is here. You guys are traveling south. So like southwest, and the viaduct actually ends in the uh, northwestern corner of the Fort Cinnabar kind of island. Um, As you come up, you do see the high fencing. You clearly see the enormous plain building where the food is being made and processed. Um, Ahead of you to the right is um, kind of like pallets and skids kind of lined up, storage containers of that sort. Uh, To the left, you see this enormous double-propellered helicopter uh, landing down um, in the open space to the east, to your left. Um, And right behind that helicopter is like an air traffic control center. Right ahead of you at the gate is actually the gate's open. um, And it only has one person standing there. Um, kind of looks like a little bit of a military uniform, but kind of distressed, kind of like a very relaxed vibe to the individual. Um, and June, we'll say that, you know, Mortimer, you can relay this to everybody else if you choose. Uh, but June, you'd see about the same thing. You wouldn't necessarily get the finer details of the guard themselves, like kind of looking a little bit relaxed, timid, like not really expecting anything. Um, And you do recognize that that person hasn't seen you yet. They're not on alert of you three and the three Pokemon you're currently currently riding. I have a question. Yep. Would, so most people have never seen a Pokemon. 
Correct. They're, but does the government have Pokemon? Um, would someone would an average civilian expect? Maybe not expect to see a Pokemon with a government official, but be like, "Oh, that makes sense." The government would have Pokemon. Does that make sense? No, yeah, I understand your question very well. So, um, if you recall, in episode two, um, when you were talking to uh, Geneva, she did mention that they she didn't know that government folks had Pokemon, and that's how Team Void almost got completely eradicated, um, and that's why they started employing Pokemon in their effort. Um, so, I would say it's not rare knowledge, but it's certainly not common knowledge either. There's probably a higher probability that a soldier or a military personnel would recognize or at least be uh, be uh tangentially aware of that versus for example maybe an employee working within the facility and that that's kind of the most i can give you okay uh so yeah june hops off her dodrio kind of like motioning to the guys and um takes out her aaron i guess who thumps to the ground and she says there's a guard up there there's the entrance What's our plan here, boys? I think So, hold on. Let me ask you this. If we're just if we're just if we just like walk up to the gate, it will appear as if we pedestrians have just like walked like 20 miles to get there. It's clearly not the main way in. I mean, the 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 double double propellered helicopter coming down I don't know what that tells you, but I mean, it's clearly a way that some people are coming in. Like, it's not delivering anything, right? It's arriving. Um, it's not the main way in. It's, that's for you all to figure out how you approach this. It's True. again, as you do know, that it's mainly where trucks go in and out for deliveries, but today there are none, which is why you were sent that path. So Jimmy says, back in character, I think. We ride our Dodrios right up to the entrance of this place like we own it. And I'll talk the guard into letting us in. Under the guise of being Food Safety Compliance Agency officers who are here to inspect the plant. So I um, I got one question about that plan. Um, what do we do when we hop off these uh, Dodrios and then they run away? And we don't like return them to their pokeballs. Aren't isn't that like going to be a little suspicious? It's government. They're government dodrios. They're super well trained. They drop us off. They head out. And if we're they'll all, come pick us up when we're done with our inspection. What if they don't buy it? What if is it smart to maybe have one of us go around back look for a different entrance? Maybe do a little, you know, be a little bit more secretive than just right up front like that. So. Um, we could do kind of like what June's saying and like try and work our way around and then try and cut through the fence and sneak in. And then we or don't even have to deal with a god. Can Ghastly go through stuff? I uh, I have no idea. He looks um, <laughs> Can- canonically, he's a canonically, he can go. We'll say he can go through semi-permeable things. Chain link fences would be included. In that. Can he turn invisible? Why don't you send Ghastly to scare the guard away? That's that's a good. That's uh that that Jimmy give is him, a good. Qu- give him good. Give uh, him a lick. Give him a lick on the back of the head. Maybe a mean look. <laughs> that's Maybe a what mean I'm talking look. about. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, we get inside. Once we're inside, we can do the food safety uh, thing because we've already, uh, obviously, we've already gotten past the guard. We got let in because we belong here. That, I like that, that idea. That's Jimmy. why. That's why they put us three together. We just that. That was a. <laughs> that's an ingenious plan. We're vibing. Jimmy, We're vibing. Save lots your of, sweet tongue until we absolutely need it. Until we need mm-hmm. a, a, an out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. So we kind of um, Mortimer kind of gets uh, as close as possible. Uh, without being can, can I just interrupt and say I'm fucking so excited that you guys are doing this because <laughs> I didn't think this is how you guys were going to get in and it's so good like, that is, that you guys got to such a good result out of whatever this was and it's not at all how I thought this was going to go so super jazz continue sorry you know, Mortimer from our go last ahead. campaign I never thought three people could put together a, a useful plan no, which, which only proves that I was the fucking problem <laughs> All right, uh, so we get to kind of get as close as possible in uh, Mortimer Emotions, Rick. All right, Rick, here's the plan. I want you to approach the god without anybody noticing. And when you get close, I want you to use hypnosis. The gas like, just kind of looks at you and goes, yes. <laughs> Exactly. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength here. That's why, that's why we're together. Um, and Mortimer just kind of, mo- you know, makes the shooing motion to Ghastly. Uh, so, I mean, you, you can describe it. You can describe so, it how, how you want. And then uh, I'll, I'll plug in when it's time for the guard to do something. Uh, so, Rick Ghastly uh, kind of <laughs> just kind of floats along, uh, slithers along the ground. As he approaches the guard, he kind of just starts slowly rising up off the ground to get like right in front of his face. And then slowly starts turning himself in circles while his eyes does like the little hypno circles thing right in front of the guard's face. Um, okay, roll for, uh, or is hypnosis, I have to do a wisdom save, I believe? Yes. Okay. So what do I need to beat here? Uh, against my. in the Pokedex act. Move my move DC. 12. Okay. So the guard rolls a 12. Um, so. <laughs> That passes. So, so you're ghastly swirling in front of this guard, and he's kind of like you, he, like the guard is all of a sudden, like just kind of leaning backwards, leaning for. I shouldn't lean away from the mic, but he, leaning backwards, leaning forwards, and like <laughs> his eyes start to flutter, and like his hand, like his military authorized uh, firearm, is just starts like slipping out of his hand and kind of like caught around the shoulder strap, and then he snaps awake. And he just kind of tilts his head, kind of like a quiz, like a, a quisitive dog, um, and then is just screams ah! and <laughs> takes off in to, towards uh, towards that air traffic control uh, tower you saw before, and is just gone, just just Speedy Gonzalez puff of dust behind his feet, and is just hooving it towards uh that air traffic control center can we still see him can we still see him from where we are uh you can see you can see him run um i'm assuming mortimer told you all about the air traffic control center which now that you under like are looking for it you see it he is just clearly running in that direction Mm -hmm. uh instantly mortimer uh gets out his pokeball and recalls ghastly ghastly is sucked back into guess it's time to get inside boys jimmy 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 and june um 
recall your Pokemon. Jimmy, take the lead, and you'll be the food safety guy. Uh, and let, let's let make that guard seem like he was crazy if they catch up to us. Yep. On it. Let's all stroll inside. Yep. Okay, so you guys have all yep, sounds uh, good. You know, pulled your Pokemon back, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay. Um, uh, you guys scroll, stroll through the gate. There's, I mean, there's no one else in that area. Um, as you stroll through the gate, though, you know, as I said, the storage containers and everything are kind of to your right, uh, kind of like along the edge of the fence. And to I the think- left. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I think uh, June, I want June to look around for like cameras that might be in the front area. She's very, she's very much in this situation. Like she wants to sneak in and not be seen. She's not up to kind of going in and sweet talking her way in. Um, This is a stealth mission to her. So as they're kind of walking up forward, she's going to push herself ahead a little bit and just see if she can see any cameras. Um, Aaron's still by her side, but just a little bit behind. So he's kind of hidden. Um, okay. Can I get a perception check? Uh, yeah. Perception. Okay. Uh, that's an 18. Okay. So as you're kind of like in the threshold of the viaduct to where you're actually entering the compound to the top, right, you notice along the fence, one camera, but angled exclusively onto those storage bins and everything that are to your right. So essentially watching the, the air quotes, the goods, the food uh, that is like lined up and ready to be delivered. Um, and then to the far, far left past the double propellered helicopter on the uh, air traffic control tower, you see one camera that's on top of it looking back towards uh, the a set of doors on the plant. Okay. So nothing that would be like in the line of sight to where we're going. At this point, you can assume those are both easily avoidable. Okay. All right. So, yeah, she she kind of points those out to the guys, um, but we're not going to do anything with those yet. Um, so as you guys are strolling in, um, you notice out of that double propellered helicopter, 40 people have now climbed out and are actually walking past the air traffic control center through a set of double doors far on the, to your all's left, far on the left-hand side of the plant, um, just a set of double doors. And it kind I mean, it's a lot of people like, you know, holding lunch pails, kind of chatting it up. Looks like they're maybe getting ready for like the second shift of the day, like the 12 to seven shift or like the one to 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. shift type of thing. And they're all moseying in uh, that set of doors. Um, also directly ahead of you is kind of like a roll up garage, uh, door where maybe a semi would back up to have, uh, things loaded onto it. So it could pull straight out onto the viaduct and, and go, go down the viaduct and, and transport food that way. All right. So June, June kind of like tugs on Jimmy, brings everybody down. Um, and she says, all right, Jimmy, you've got your disguise clearly. Mortimer, we've got nothing. Do we want to try to blend in with those people? Maybe we could find some stragglers and kill them. I mean, and kill them? Are you guys gonna kill? I'm not. I'm really no, not, not here. Kill for, them. I'm killing anybody. <laughs> but are we? Or are we talking about like splitting up? Or Jimmy? Are, are we going to go? Are we? I'm just saying, if we get caught in what we're wearing now. They're going to be on. I mean, they're going to be on to you. I I look like a worker. I will say this. The people going into work are wearing street clothes. There's nothing uh, uniform or anything like that amongst those ah, people. Okay. Let's just walk in. 
Let's just walk I in. Think, I think June has the right idea here, Jimmy. I, th- I really think that we should try and blend in with the group, get inside, and then maybe we can split off from there if we want to. I agree um, with but, you. But I'm saying we just walk in. That's how we blend in. What's everybody else doing? Just strolling in naturally in street clothes. Let's do this before they get in there and we lose our chance. And we're going to walk after them to try to just walk right in, right? Uh, Kind of skirting the fence, trying to get as close to the helicopter, avoiding the camera. So it looks like we're coming out of the helicopter and we're just kind of straggling behind. Jimmy, Jimmy ducks, you know, past the helicopter and sort of jogs behind everybody like he's trying to catch up. Like he was just, you know, he's getting his stuff off the helicopter and, uh, you know, everybody else walked in first. So I think a stealth check is in order. And obviously you're not trying to be quiet, but you're trying to blend in with what's going on. So if you guys could each roll a stealth check, please. What about performance? Could we do stealth this or? No, this is not performance. <laughs> yeah. This is not good. But we're acting. Okay. No, you're, you're acting and running into people. I'm, act, fuck are you I'm talking? acting natural like a worker. Mortimer gets a 12. Okay. Uh, that is a six. Stealth. Okay. Ha- <laughs> uh, 20, but not natural. Okay. Um, so Mortimer, uh, like it, it's almost like you guys let him go first because he's so fucking old and he's going to need more time or something. <laughs> and he kind of like just happens to knife in and like trips past somebody and just kind of ends up in this crowd of people that are walking uh, June, like, kind of like stifles a laugh or whatever, and then you just seamlessly interject yourself. And Jimmy, you are just <laughs> cock of the walk, chest puff, and you take two steps out from behind the helicopter, and immediately you feel a fucking huge hand land on your shoulder. And you get spun around, and it's a military police officer. He goes, Hey, what were you doing behind the chopper? Sir, sir, my friend. I was just arriving here with everyone else. I'm here, and he flashes out of his pocket a badge. It's just a generic badge, but he flashes it really quick and then sets it back down. I'm here to inspect the plan. I showed up with everyone else. What do you mean what I was doing in the chopper? Well, I'm going to need to see the badge, not just have it flashed at me. And um, I'm going to need to tell you what your actual business here is because we don't have any uh, logs entered for anybody of any agency showing up for this work shift. Hmm. Well, all right. Uh, hey, you all—you always wanted to flex your deception right? muscles. <laughs> it's time, right, buddy. Auto failed that deception check. So, um, Jimmy checks his pockets and he says, "Oh, you know what? I think I left my badge. Uh, I left my uh, my credentials on the helicopter. Why don't we do this?" Walk with me. We'll go in the helicopter. I'll get my credentials and I'll show them to you. That seems reasonable enough. That the officer prods you okay, along. Okay, so I'm you. walking like directly in front of him. Correct. Um, once we get on the helicopter, where no one else is around, right? Or we're, we're in like the back of the helicopter, right? It's a big helicopter. Yeah, like one of the exiting bays. You guys walked up. We'll say the back one. Okay, whatever, it so- doesn't matter. But, it, but it's empty. It's you two now. Okay, so Jimmy slides Pokeball out of his sleeve where he had been hiding it and subtly tosses it behind him. And um, 
September, who I will call Lenny. We decided that last night while on a bender together. Um, <laughs> pops out behind the guard. Hopefully the guard doesn't notice. Um, and Timber knocks him out with his uh, four by four. Jimmy goes, Jimmy, okay. go, Jimmy, so not, you know, drops him out. He pops out once he knows he's out. He's like, can you help me out with this guy, buddy? And the, the, when you say that, the guard looks at you and goes, help you out with what? He clearly didn't see. Hold on. I mean, let me, let's make it official. <laughs> okay, that's a two. So he, he turns to you and goes, help you out with what? I need to see your ID. And he is completely caught unawares on this uh, timber roll. You'll have advantage on whatever you are trying He's to do with He's going to give him a pound to the head, try and knock him unconscious. Okay, and you're letting Timber make this decision, right? Because you said, can you help me out with this, buddy? So the Timber is going to pound the shit out of him yep. with his 4 by 4 Yep. Okay. Excellent. Love Good it. thing I have advantage. Not going to tell you what that was. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> I rolled a natural one and then a two. <laughs> so Timber's strength. I'll have a look here at my Pokedex app. <laughs> is is plus now plus I four. Will remind plus you four. now. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yes, you have I'm gonna reroll. Remember, I reroll. <laughs> <laughs> three. That's a three. No, no. <laughs> I rolled a one and then a two and then a three. So with my plus four strength, that is a seven. Does a seven do it, Kirk? <laughs> it, it it does it does not. The MP is just like the timber takes the meanest actually timber takes three swings like just swings and a miss is bad that the guard like doesn't like feel or uh, like uh, like feel anything going on swings and a misses on a second one and on the third one timber just barely catches a little bit of the guards clothing jimmy uh, hold on jimmy immediately springs into action reacts to this situation and he goes Oh my god, watch out, buddy, there's a monster! And he, he <laughs> thrusts himself between the soldier and Timber and, uh, and dives on him as if to subdue him, uh, saving the soldier's life. Or so the soldier thinks, uh, is the goal. I love this. Okay. <laughs> um, the, 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 the soldier's kind of like... <laughs> What the fuck? And he's like, and then you like, he's uh, pulling up his his firearm, and you just kind of like tackle into him, and um, uh, roll, roll to. I just want you to roll your. Uh, we'll say acrobatics. Roll it like an acrobatics to try and like like push him out of the way, get him out of the way. Twenty one on uh, my there specialty acrobatics. <laughs> okay, so you actually like dive into this uh, this guard. And he he's falling backwards, and he just clips himself in the nose with his firearm as he was trying to pull it up. And he just, like, falls to the ground, bops, like, slams his head really hard on the ground, and now he's just bleeding from the nose, but now unconscious. <laughs> just like you just, planned. Just like we drew it up, buddy. Why don't you come on back? And uh, he sucks uh, Lenny back into the Pokeball. And then also, let me check the guard for anything that might be useful to me later on. For instance, uh, credentials and or maybe that gun. Um, so 
You you can see on the gun is a very intricate system uh, on the handle. I I just I just rolled a rolled a, a check of what what the guard would actually have on him. On the gun itself, though, you notice that the the grip of the gun has a very unique patterning to it, and it might not necessarily. Actually, you know what? Do you have a? Do we have a? What is it? Technology? What do we have? Something like that? Um, you could do like an investigation. Arcana. Give me, a, yeah, give me an investigation. Seven. Okay, so that that that's good enough because it's just kind of that obvious. As you're searching, um, his hand kind of slumps off of the the grip of the gun, and you notice that there's a pattern on the grip of the gun that also matches um, a very bizarre marking system on his hand as well. Um, so you're not confident that picking up the gun would serve you, uh, and or like you're not sure what would happen, but clearly the gun is bound to him in some I fashion. I leave the gun. Um, what about like a badge or a credential? Uh, you do find a badge. Um, it's uh, it's a laminate with a, a clip. It's actually right on his uh, um, left chest pocket. Um, and the name is uh, Dusty Dugnut. Dusty Dugnut. <laughs> Putting that in my key items. Dusty Dugnut. Is that capital N? Capital D, capital N? I uh, assume of so. course. With eight T's. <laughs> And it does it have a picture of him on it? It does not. It does not. It does. It does have like a um, kind of a serial bar, like a, a, like a serial. What am I? A barcode. Excuse me. That's what I'm looking for. A barcode to it. Um, but you don't know what reads the barcode. It's just it's a barcode. But it doesn't have a picture on him. It. it just says Dustin Dugnut barcode uh, military military police uh, military police authorization level three. Okay. Nice. Jimmy takes off his uh, food safety inspector badge and pins the ID to his lapel and strolls out of the helicopter and into the locker room. Um, okay, so <laughs> and as as Jimmy kind of catches up uh, to June and gang, June is like, "What the hell? What happened? Where were you?" I was um, I was just having a chat with my new friend, Dusty Dugnut. Okay, that's all. <laughs> What, what what the hell does that even mean? Don't worry, we're good to go. Let's get inside. Hey everybody, this is Joe. How you doing? Welcome to episode three. Hope you're enjoying listening. This is a really fun episode to record, our first sort of infiltration mission. So we hope you're liking it as much as we liked playing in it. Um, just a few things here in this mid-roll. Um, if you are liking what you're hearing in Void, or if you listen to the first season and haven't yet, please consider writing an iTunes review. Uh, rating and review on iTunes helps us rise the ranks, helps us be more seen by people searching around for D&D or Pokemon actual play podcasts. Um, so if you got two seconds, go ahead and go on to iTunes or whatever app you're using. I think Stitcher does reviews. I think Spotify. Um, and go ahead and leave a leave a review and five stars and, and tell people what you like about us. Um, we would really, really appreciate it. 
appreciate that. Secondly, uh, Again, we've got uh, communities all around. On, 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 we've got a Twitter page. We've got Discord, um, and we love to hear from you. We love to hear what you're thinking about the show. We love to hear fan theories. Um, we love to get fan art. If you guys want to draw up some kind of either character or or uh, portion of the show that you really liked, a little scene, um, we would love to see your art, and uh, we'll share it around. So we give you a little boost if you uh, if you draw something for us. That would be awesome. We really really love to see that stuff from from season one and and moving forward. Um, thirdly, I guess uh, the music in this episode was not done by our usual dude Jacob Pretty, who does a fantastic job. But this was done by Jordan Cooper. So if you really like the music in this episode, give him a shout out. He's on Twitter at. Oh, hi, Jordan and uh, jordancoopermusic.com. He does some really, really great stuff. So go check him out and give him a shout. Lastly, I want to give a special thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Um, Running a podcast and producing one takes a whole lot of time and energy and money. You know, hosting fees, music, uh, art we do for the show, everything that is involved in, uh, you know, audio quality, new mics. Um, For our Patreon supporters, we have like a green screen and cameras that we're working towards buying for everybody. So all that stuff costs money um, and time and effort. So we really appreciate everybody that supports us on Patreon, whether it's just a dollar a month or more like $10. And we have $10 Patreons that we are going to shout out here for their special support. They also get access to the video versions of each episode. So that's a pretty sweet perk. Um, everything that's not edited down into the podcast, they get in video format so they can see all our shenanigans. Here we go. Jonathan Zeman, I'm Just Saying, Dash Cole, Andre K, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Tarkin Davis, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, Holly Roxana, Jamal's my favorite until he sold out. Now it's Kirk, Rockin' R's, Woodshop, Strive for Honor, Max Bender, Fumbles O'Brien, Spoopy Fondue, 8-Bit Wizard, Sam J.O. Melton, Jason Cumberland, Team Eugene, Charles Hollow, Chris Nelson, Ethan Johnson, Adam Hoffling, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson, Raver E. Alice, Brandon Galbreath, I think I got it right that time, Super Average, Super Awesome Jason, Michelle Stevens, Brandon Endicott, Grant Trickle, Liquor Locker, Jace Harper, and that's it. So thank you, everybody, for your support for the show. Thank you for your... um, financial support and just listenership everybody that's not a patron and patrons thank you for listening for checking us out for um keeping us going so thanks enjoy the rest of episode three and we'll see you in a couple weeks peace out You all enter through the double doors, as you mentioned, Tins. It says locker room. Um, as you go in, there's clearly a sign, men to the right, women to the left. Oh, snap. I guess the gang's splitting I up. Go t- I go to the right. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. It's, I mean, it's your, it's your old shit. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I go to the right. June goes to the left. Mortimer goes to the left. So we'll start with uh, Mortimer goes to the left. <laughs> Mortimer can't read. <laughs> Uh, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy grabs <laughs> I mean, Mortimer clearly. by the sleeve and pulls <laughs> nope. him over to the main Mortimer trail. goes left. <laughs> He's pulling you. This is for you all to sort out. I'm going to let you resolve this <laughs> however June, you choose. June puts her hands up and turns Mortimer around at the same time Jimmy's pulling him. And she straight up says, uh, men's room is that way.
Morty? Are we calling you Morty? I I mean, you can call me whatever you want. Um, I I want to go left. I'm not big on right turns. June puts her hand around Morty's shoulder and says, you understand, there's not really a choice here. You want to blow a cover, walk right into the women's locker room. Um, I, how do you know it's the women's locker room? It says women right on the... Oh, you can't read. Ah, oh, Jesus. A, I just, think it's safe to assume there'd be the symbology, too. Like, <laughs> there would be the stick figure thing with a dress or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I didn't um, think this was going to be a point of contention, I, honestly. I, just, I didn't really... <laughs> number one, um, those stick figures up there by those uh, letters look a lot like the stick figures here in my little uh, journal. So I was just confused. And then he just turns around and goes... Follows Jimmy. Cool. Okay. There you go. Cool. Something that Jude should have been 12 seconds. <laughs> Joe, I feel every ounce of terror that was the first season. So we're going to start with June. June, you're the you're the uh, last individual to walk through the, the into the women's locker room. And you just smattering everywhere is just a row upon row upon row of lockers. Um, you're kind of entering on the far right of the room is a door. You know, you perceive to be out. You know, obviously there's one door in. The one door is out into the manufacturing. And there's just rows and rows of lockers. You see people changing into kind of like the honey uh, honey bunches of oats, kind of like hairnet, like white <laughs> jacket, you know, uh, you know, plastic gloves, the whole, the whole nine to kind of get ready for their work ship. June's going to kind of like brush up against a few of the lockers, try to be as nonchalant as possible, look around, like nod, smile, point, do that kind of thing, all the while testing the doors to see if there's one that maybe someone left unlocked. So you're just kind of like trying to open a locker, like subtly open a locker? Yeah, but like secretively, I'm not like trying to pull hard on every door I pass. Okay, well, uh, so there's uh, an old lady just uh, sees you kind of like jostle one, and she uh, she turns, she goes, is it your first day? And uh, June shrugs her shoulders. She, she starts to look a little uh, nervous on purpose, be like, is it that obvious? It is. Nobody can find their locker the first day. Um, the new people usually have their stuff stored at the end. Let me show you. And she walks you around um, to like a row of lockers where nobody's changing. And there's like five lockers in a row that have kind of the uniform laid out and in lockers that are unlocked. And she goes, did they give you a lock yet? They should have given you one before they brought you out here. Uh, no, no, I came right off the helicopter. I must have gone with the wrong group. I didn't see any orientation staff or anything around. Oh, my. Um. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I have an extra set of clothes in my locker that you can wear, but just make sure I get it at the end of the shift because I'll need it to wash it for tomorrow. And she, like, scampers back to her locker and then comes back and hands you hairnet, kind of like this big white overcoat, um, some, like a set of kind of like, um, dishwashing gloves, you know, like those rubber gloves that kind of go up to <laughs> yeah. your, to your elbows. Um, and she hands all that to you and she goes, once you change, just go through that door on the end, the door that you noticed before. And I, I guess five, I don't, they didn't tell you who to meet up with. Nope. Sure didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, do you want me to ask around for you then? What's your name? 
Oh no 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 no! I, I'll 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 find it myself. You've been such a great help. I, I didn't catch yours. I'm Ethel. I'm I've been working here for thirty years. Oh, Ethel, what a fantastic life you must have <laughs> had so far. I'll take it from here, but I'll remember your face. We'll see you out there. Okay, good luck. And she kind of like, wait, 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 like scampers out the door, waddles out the door and is not to be seen again. So the the, the locker room's kind of clearing out, June. Uh, you now have an opportunity to change. Um, you don't necessarily have to physically change into the uniform. You can kind of just throw it on whatever you got, however you want to approach that. June's going to put it on top of her clothes that she's wearing right now, but she's definitely going to try to look the part. So she's going to throw everything Hair on. Hairnet and everything. Hairnet gloves. All yep. right. Um, so we'll jump over to Jimmy and uh, and Morty, Jimmy and Mortimer. And you guys kind of are met with the, the same situation unknowingly. But you guys are the la- last ones in. And it's just rows upon rows of lockers. And uh, uh, a bunch of guys like changing into those kind of like white smocks, hairnets, rubber gloves up to their elbows, getting ready to start their shift. Um. Jimmy, um, clearly we need to get um, some of these these outfits these guys are wearing. I've got a plan. Um, I'm going to create a distraction, and then you go and try and get some of, for us, and then that way we can maybe change and, and go in and, like we're a worker. Well, let's get you a uniform. I'm going to stick to my... My grift here, but let's. Get I, I mean, I, I just agree. don't think they're gonna let. I, I mean, I guess. And um, Mortimer starts. He slips off his boots and then, un, you know, pulls down his suspenders and just drops his pants. <laughs> and he kind of just walks into the middle of the room. Hey, um, everybody, who's who's got my um my old my coveralls? I, uh, I, somebody must have picked them up because I put them down on the bench and, uh, they're gone. And so now I'm just standing here in my t-shirt with no underwear on, um, <laughs> like I'm an old so, guy at the YMCA. <laughs> so the first thing you hear is somebody in the background going, <laughs> <laughs> and then one person like, hot damn old man, what are you doing? We don't wear overalls around here. I said, I it's, said coveralls. It's a, it's a long coat. It's a long <laughs> coat. Jesus Christ. How they hiring new people that are older than the people <laughs> retiring? This is bullshit. And just like ruckus starts. Just people are laughing. And you know, some people are kind of gagging because they smell your feet. And um, you just. Jimmy, can Jimmy do a perception check? He wants to, while all the ruckus is going around, he's looking for. Like anybody who has anybody who's like half dressed and has like a visible like key fob or access card or anything like that, we might need to like open doors inside the facility. Sure. 13. You you just see the white kind of like, again, like long jacket smock things, the gloves. Uh, You know, you see some people have personal items, but nothing that seems to reflect any value to you within the confines of the plan itself, like nothing that would advance your agenda in here. Um, you do notice, however, there's the there's the rows and rows of lockers, and at the end, there's a row of about five lockers where nobody is. Uh, I've just I'm just gonna creep over there and take a look in the lockers while the commotion is going on. 
So in that lock, in those lockers, those five lockers, you kind of see the similar thing to what June experienced. It's kind of like the new member orientation lockers. Um, it has just the hairnet, the, the white long jacket smock and a set of gloves and they're unlocked. Um, kind of as for the new people as they come in to change into and then put their lock on the locker. Okay. Well, he grabs it, sets it on like, there's, are there like locker room benches? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so Jimmy like surreptitiously points down to the bench and then he walks over to the group of workers and he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Everyone calm down in here. Dusty Dugnut. Military police, food safety compliance division. What seems to be the issue here? Oh shit! And he's, and he's clearly he's looking not at Mortimer but at the at the crowd accusatorily. <laughs> oh shit! They brought in the fancy shoes. Everybody, be on your ones and twos, boys, and they all just start fucking laughing at you. They just don't. They could care less who you are. They don't. Care. Mortimer walks over and starts putting on the the little coveralls. Hey, fancy shirt! Get fuck out of here, fancy shirt! What do you think you can get in the workers' locker room for? And now, like, people are just kind of, like, booing you and heckling you. Like, you are clearly, because you're military police, and because you are uh, FSCA, like, they have no fucking respect for you. Like, they don't like you. Well, I expected them not to like me. <laughs> Like, it's one of those things, I, we'll, we'll say this, in my mind, the way I visualize it, like, if you were a military police member with a firearm, they'd have, like, a reason to be afraid of you, but since you're just kind of, like, a well-dressed person that's military police, but in the food, uh, you know, the food division, they're like, what a fucking, like, no, fuck this guy, absolutely not, and they're just, they're not, like, physically assaulting you, but they're, they don't have respect for you. But are they, are they looking at me? While Mortimer is getting dressed. Um, yeah, like you have their attention, like you're the new focus. All right, well, mission accomplished then. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy ignores their jeers and says, uh, well, we'll see what your supervisor thinks about all this. And then strolls casually out of the locker room. As you're strolling out, I need you to roll a D20 with no modifiers. 18. Sucks for you. You're going to take one psychic damage for mental abuse. <laughs> for, for verbal abuse. Okay. Like, you said it didn't bother you, but, like, walking out, you're like, how? Like, that kind of bothered me. But, like, <laughs> but you don't know why, because you're not Dusty Dugnut, you're Jimmy, but, like, you're like, that, that was kind of rough. <laughs> um, Mortimer, you're all changed up. Where do you go? Um, there's another set of coveralls there, though, right? In one of those lockers? There's no, like, yeah, like the, the big smock thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, Jimmy set them out on the bench for you. You would have seen, like, how the whole outfit, he just kind of, like, threw it all on the bench for you. So once I finish getting mine on, I grab another set and kind of okay. stuff them down the back of my pants so it looks like I have that giant old man ass. Okay, um, and sure. then just kind of get in line to follow everybody else uh, through the doors. Uh, yeah, like you guys go through the door and somewhat of a, you guys are fairly close together. I feel like at this point, like him taking the jeers, walking out, you changing, you guys are kind of next to each other. 
Um, and for the sake of obviously those events happening at the same time, you guys kind of burst out of doors very close to uh, each other, and you guys are able to uh, come back together if you so choose. You do see each other, no perception check necessary, coming out of the uh, out of the locker room. And I'm going to send you another quick picture of the rest um, of the interior of the building rather than describe it. Okay, so um, for, for the sake of description here, you guys come out of the locker room. To the left is this enormous kind of like food processing machine that's kind of like, like just like squeezing out like a biscuit or whatever, a brownie onto a conveyor belt. And there's three conveyor belts that kind of make that zigzag pattern uh, that lead to the far end of the room which is a packaging station. And there's different em- different employees lined up in different spots. Some doing visual checks on the conveyor belts, uh, some facilitating the packaging, some stacking for the packaging onto pallets, some people monitoring the, the, the food processing device. Um, and across from the conveyor belts, you kind of see a box, a boxed up elevator. And then to the right, you see a room with six glass windows um, that it's kind of hard to see because it's like the furthest point across from you. Um, but there's a few military police individuals in there, um, with, like with just a bunch of monitors that maybe seem to be uh, watching the 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 uh, manufacturing ground floor. I think June um, is going to walk out there and see see Jimmy and Morty, um, but she's going to look out for Ethel actually rethinking um the situation and maybe thinking if her guys is i'm new here she might be able to get away with a little bit more questioning and uh maybe some antics so she's gonna go try to find ethel um especially since they kind of have the same outfit on she thinks they've got to be on the same line um so she's gonna look out for her okay Try to join in. Um, so you see Ethel. She left a little bit in front of you. Um, you see her walking down the middle. She kind of she's walking down the first conveyor belt, but makes her way to the second conveyor belt. Um, and seems to be maybe one of the visual inspectors of the f- product on the line. Um, not a lot of manual labor for Ethel. She's older, so it kind of seems like she's on the visual inspection end. Uh, but she's on that middle um, conveyor belt there that you guys see in your picture. And obviously, assume breaks in the conveyor belt so you guys could maneuver from one to the other. Like, assume however you want to, how that would work. So she kind of points, uh, she, she, you know, taps her on the shoulder and stands next to her. She says, hey, Ethel, uh, I I changed my mind. You know, you've been here for 30 years. Uh, I'm new here. I, I want to learn from the best, from someone who's got experience. So what are we doing here? And she turns to you and says, well, did you? Did you clock? If you're new, you couldn't have clocked in. Did you check in at security so they could get you paid? That's the first thing. You've got to get paid. They will not pay you. You will work forever. They won't pay you. You need. I figured. I figured maybe this first day I just test things out. You know, do some volunteer work, and then if I really like it, you know, maybe maybe I'll I'll stick around. Get getting paid. She looks at you and goes. Honey, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and like snatches your wrist and starts walking you towards the uh, security office. Okay, yeah, she follows. She doesn't want to blow it. All right. Um. So you guys make it to the security office, and uh, Ethel knocks on the door. Hey, 
you need to pay this girl. You need to pay this girl. And uh guy opens the door and she goes, Ethel, what do you need today? And she goes, <laughs> you need to pay this girl. She's new and she didn't get her punch card. And the guy looks at you and goes, oh, sure. Uh, t- n- name, I guess. Like, why didn't she? Why doesn't she ever? Pun- whatever. What's your name? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I came off the helicopter. I must have got lost. I, I, I didn't have anybody, uh, you know, with me to show me where to sign in. My name's Tina Wright. Tina Wright. All right. Ethel, get back to work. Tina, please step inside the door and ho- stay right there while I try and find your file. And uh, the security guy walks by another one and goes, Jesus Christ, and just kind of fucking Ethel again and walks like to the corner and starts uh, like typing on like the far end computer. Um, while you sit there, like a couple moments pass. Um, I want you to do a... We'll, we'll do, a, do a knowledge check. I want you to do a knowledge check. Just a straight intelligence? Yeah, please. All right. No modifier. 12. Uh, that's that, that's fair enough. So you see you see the monitors, um, and you see the wires going from the monitors um, to just a set of, of just keypads. And you notice that the monitors are linked to cameras throughout the facility, and you kind of recognize that there's one in each uh, top corner of the facility, as well as two that are moving back and forth along the conveyor belts, almost of this, like they're floating camera devices. Um, but there are cameras there. And then there's another screen that you see, and you don't know where this place is, but it's on a lab facility that's just an open room with workbenches, mitering tools, um, just heaps of wires and equipment and other things of that nature. Um, and you see two people just kind of working in there. Okay. I'll soak all that information in. Tina, are you sure you're supposed to be working here? The guard walk turns around. Are you sure you're supposed to be working here? How did you get in here? I have no record of you. From from uh, outside of the room, June and uh, Ethel and this guard can hear just here. Oh, God. Um, and somebody call life alert. <laughs> and Mortimer's kind of just like rolling around on the ground. Uh, and where are you doing this? So when we all came out, Mortimer kind of approached one of the little uh, packaging lines. Mm-hmm. And he's by one of the packaging lines, just on the ground, rolling around. <gasps> Somebody call life alert. Oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. Um, June kind of looks at the security officer. She says, that seems like a like a workers' cop claim in action. You better take care of that. Uh, the guy that's on the computer just turns to the other guards like, "Jesus Christ, Dennis, what's going on out there? Go check it out!" And he just like unhurriedly gets up out of his chair and like saunters past you. Um, and the guy that's working on the computer, we'll call him Dean, Dean and Dennis. Dean, Dean is by. He's like, "Look, lady, can you just stay here for a second? I need to go, I need to go make sure Dennis doesn't mess anything up because the last time we had a workers comp claim and it came out of both our paychecks and he darts right past you kind of pushes you out of the door and then closes it behind him and locks it. So you're just outside the security door, it is locked and Dean and Dennis are now heading towards uh conveyor belt number 1. Oh oh god, I I can't see. 
Some life alert. Life help. Somebody help me. He kind of gets down on all fours, pulls out his Pokeball, and releases Ghastly in an attempt to <laughs> incite oh panic my God. throughout all the workers. How is Ghastly going to do Ga- that? Ghastly is going to uh, erupt from out from underneath the conveyor belt and is can I use mean look on like multiple people? For the sake of what you're trying to do, I think that's fine. Yeah, that's what I'm going to try and do. Um, I want you to roll like an attack roll. So put the move stat bonus, whatever it is, um, roll a d20 and do the move stat bonus. We'll do it that way. Plus two. So seven. Okay. So uh, two people around the ghastly just shriek and start start running towards the security uh, office just screaming. Just screaming bloody murthy. What is that? Oh my god! And they're just taking off towards the security. They're shoving other people out of the way. Um, you might not have impacted a lot of people with the mean look, uh, but the ripple effect is is starting to grow pretty wide. And people are just in disarray. Ah, there's something in here! There's something in here! And then p- other people are yelling, blah, 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 ran over me! I'm gonna need to take two weeks of short-term disability! And just, <laughs> it's just snowballing. And, uh, Dean, Dean, Dean and Dennis are just getting overwhelmed now with people. And finally, they kind of, like, force their way out of the security office. And they're like, all right, everybody, calm down, calm down. Somebody tell me what's going on here. While they're distracted with that, Jimmy gets on the elevator. Okay. You're in the elevator. There's G for the floor you presume you're at, and then one. And then before uh, below that, there's like a key card reader. I, an- I anticipated this being an issue, if you recall, but I did not find a key card. Jimmy gets off the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Is, well, hold on. Is there anything in the elevator that looks like I can fuck with it and make it work? Actually, how about this? Jimmy has a an epiphany. He goes back into the elevator and he waves his dusty dugnut ID in front of the thing. Um, the the in front of the card reader, a light kicks on green. Yeah, he doesn't say that out loud, but he thinks it. And then he presses. I don't know. Whatever you tell is, me, what happens? Is, now. Uh, there's a big group around the security guards. Yeah. Right now, kind of like getting their attention. Yeah, it's just Can it's June just a complete to- kerfuffle in front of the security guards. Can June try to kind of scoot back and join Jimmy in the elevator? Uh, give me a perception check to see if you would have noticed Jimmy figure like working within the elevator. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, natural twenty. Yeah, that'll do Mort- it. You're Mortimer got a four, so he's kind of he's still rolling around on the floor playing with the, his Pokeball. <laughs> um, so June, you notice what's going on? You can make your way over there. It's a yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna join Jimmy. Wouldn't, wouldn't June elevator. be passing by Jimmy or by Mortimer going off our diagram? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think knowing I uh, going so what I, what I was getting at was June was gonna go into the elevator with Jimmy, see that Morty wasn't there, and then look back out and go grab him, while chaos ensues. Yeah, and as as June grabs Morty, uh, I. Recall Ghastly back into uh, his Pokeball. He's a magical genie, I guess. I don't know. And uh, follows June onto the elevator with Jimmy. Okay. Um, Jimmy, you scan the key card. The thing blinks green. Um, 
And there's only G, the level you're on, a button for G, the level you're on, and a button for one. So I presume you press, or two, excuse me, or a button for two. So I'm going to presume you press number two. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know there was another button. I pressed uh, the button. The elevator kind of rumbles to life um, in acknowledgement to the, the badging of the key card there. The elevator rumbles up and just kind of slide apart once you get to the second floor. And in front of you, kind of opens up. You just kind of get dumped down to like a 20 foot by 40 foot wide lab. And it has multiple tables, mitering tools, a small crucible, reels and reels of wire, battery packs, computers, piles of parts, old and new, and just tools haphazardly strewn everywhere. And at the far end of the room, there's two researchers in, uh, in very long lab coats, pouring over something on a table. Um, and when those elevator doors open up, the two researchers just whip around to see who's coming through the door. Okay, Jimmy, Jimmy strolls out. And um, so these look like doctors, right? You said lab coats? Yeah, lab coats. Uh, I called them researchers, but, you know, given the tools around, they might not be doctors uh, in the fix human people sense, but they might have doctorates in, for example, some technology-based thing. Okay, Jimmy walks out. He's like, doctors, doctors, I'm glad you're here. We've got a situation. They, uh, both of them, you know, snapped around when you walked in. And um, a tall, just kind of rail thin researcher with like Coke bottle glasses turns, is, is just looking at you and is like, starts like kind of like skittering in shock. His like thick black matted hair just kind of falling in front of his glasses. And he, you just hear him, ha! Uh, how did how did you get in here? Security. He, and no, no, he, no, no. he runs <laughs> to the intercom on the wall. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy goes, wait, 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 wait. Dusty Dugnut, military police, food safety compliance division, and flashes his badge out of his pocket again, points to his uh lapel where the where Dusty Dugnut's thing is. Um and he's like, Sir, please, we can't have a panic in a situation like this. Um, roll a deception check. If he fails this. Uh, 22. Okay. <laughs> the, the guy starts slowing down and he's like, I, I had no idea Dusty Dugnut was with the food safety commission. I thought he was a <laughs> helicopter pilot. <laughs> and he's just now like really confused. He's like, is there... Is there? He's like mumbling, like, "Is there more than one Dusty Dugnut?" And he's just doctor, like, "Doctor, doctor, doctor." Obviously, I could not be in my capacity as an undercover food safety inspector if I told everyone that I was an undercover food safety inspector. Now, listen, there's not time. And he puts his hand on his shoulder. We've been getting some very strange readings upstairs. Uh, some very volatile gases. I'm sure you know a thing or two about that. And what I can tell you is they're heavy gases and they're seeping down into the subfloors. And it's a major fire risk that is putting us all at risk right now. I'm going to need you to point me in the direction of the generator and head on up out of here. Um, you're going to have to do um, another uh, deception or persuasion check, whichever one you want, at disadvantage. Because now the other researcher is like tuning into you. June is rolling the Pokeball around in her pocket. With disadvantage, is a 10. Um, 
not the researcher you're talking to, but the female, uh, the other researcher kind of snaps around and she's like, it's a brownie factory. What gases are you possibly <laughs> talking about? And he, and she, she looks past you and she goes, there's no line workers allowed up here, Doug Nut. This is a fucking problem. Who are you? And June steps forward and releases Aaron quickly to the side and says, Bud, lock him up. And Aaron slams to the ground um, and kind of like unleashes this tiny, adorable roar. And suddenly these rocks appear on the sides of the lab workers and um, just barrel towards them to try to cover them in this tomb of stones. And I think I can actually only use this on one target, but I'm using Rock Tomb. Okay. To try to enclose and lock these guys so down. So you have the male researcher that's by Jimmy, and then the female researcher um, that is the one that addressed Jimmy after he spun his lie. Um, which which one are you? T- Whichever one is closest to the intercom. That would be the male researcher because he's the one that yeah. ran over to it. Let's do that. Hopefully, maybe that'll at least block the path towards the intercom for the other okay. one. Um, she or He needs to make a strength saving throw, and the DC on that is 12. Okay, so that's a 14. Okay. He's not contained, but there's a bunch of rocks everywhere now. Okay, so um, <laughs> upon seeing that... Jimmy, by the way, inserts himself between the researchers and the intercom. He's standing in front of the intercom, and he pops out uh, fucking um, the, the as well. The one researcher that was initially running to the intercom is like, we need to call security, and he starts kind of like moving towards the intercom, and the rock, uh, the rock tomb kind of sprouts in front of him, and Jimmy kind of cuts him off. Um, and the female uh, researcher, um, she just kind of whips around and her blonde hair just kind of gets in her face. And she goes, ha, real security. What are you talking about? The power we have lays in Pokemon. Go, star you. And she just re- like reaches into her coat pocket and throws uh, a star you. Uh, excuse me, a Pokeball that cracks open into a star you. So Staryu is just a brown-looking starfish with kind of a gold plate and a red gem in the middle. Um, and uh, once Staryu kind of pops out, and I'm pretty sure it's like voice is like, which is really weird, but whatever. Um, it does that noise. And the nervous male researcher that was heading towards the intercom, he reaches into a pocket. He's like, I, I'm, I don't know if this is a good idea. Gothita, protect me. And he just kind of like sheepishly chucks out a Pokemon. Um, or his Pokeball, and out pops out Gothita. You're maybe going to have to look this one up, but it kind of has like a, a, a round head, blue eyes, um, purple face, kind of like a black top, uh, white kind of like bows in, on its head. A white it's like if Betty Boop was a Pokemon and couldn't breathe. Yeah. And Goth. And Goth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Betty, Betty Boop if it was Goth and a Pokemon. So both of those Pokemon are out, and I think it's time to roll some initiative.